You're listening to sermons from Christ the Savior Orthodox Church. We're a small but growing mission of the Orthodox Church in America, currently meeting in Brewer, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for service. But until then, here's Father Scott with this week's sermon. saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. By this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe in him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David, and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that cometh to Jesus by night being one of them, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no prophet. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So today we celebrate the Holy Pentecost, the birthday of the church and the descent of the Holy Spirit, that living water which, John, which the Lord spoke about in the Gospel of John today. Today, I guess we're all truly Pentecostals. One time I asked a Pentecostal pastor if he was going to celebrate Pentecost, and he said, I have no idea when we celebrate And I said, well, it's today. <laughs> so today we're Pentecostals, we're celebrating Pentecost. In spirit and in truth, I would add. In the proper sense of the word, we are celebrating Pentecost today. And this very service, this very place is full of peace and God's love and hope and blessing and God's truth. is preserved because of the Holy Spirit that descended on Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. So we're blessed by this day that we're here today. But today I would point out that while we're here in peace and unity and fellowship, which was the Lord's design for the descent of the Holy Spirit, 
There are those who seek like grievous wolves to divide the church over the very gifts of God that God gave on the day of Pentecost. And so it behooves us to study this passage with a mindset towards what God has for us today in this place and time, in the time when the church is under siege, as it were, from so many different angles. When the day of Pentecost came, the disciples and the apostles were gathered together. They were gathered together in one place in unity. They were gathered together on that special day that the Jews had celebrated for so many years. It was called the Feast of Weeks and also the Feast of the First Fruits when they celebrated the beginning of the wheat harvest. What came in from the wheat harvest was a great blessing to the Jews and they saw God's hand in that and they celebrated. But also, importantly, this day coincides with the day that the Jews believed that Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. And so there's a special kind of double meaning to this feast for the Jews. It's a special feast. It's a big feast for the Jews. And so the Lord chose this day to come and fill his church. It speaks in the, God, in the epistle today that they were gathered with one accord in that place, in one place. Unity and prayer and waiting on God are preconditions for receiving the Holy Spirit. Never forget that. That waiting on God and for God's gifts is what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to proceed and go out and manufacture his blessing. You need his real blessing. You need his real presence. And so they were gathered, as the Lord asked them to do, to wait for that blessing of the Holy Spirit. They were expectant. They were waiting, and they were patient, and they were in one place in unity and prayer, waiting for that. When suddenly it says, there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. When Moses received the law, the earth trembled. There was quaking of the earth, it says. And so it was on this day, when the Holy Spirit would descend, that there was a quaking, there was a shaking, there was a moving of the house. There was supernatural acts that preceded the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. And it's noteworthy that he came down on a Sunday. The same day that the Lord resurrected is the same day that we trace the birth of the church to him, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon believers. First upon the twelve and then upon all of us subsequently. This day was set aside as a new Sabbath. A day to commemorate two things, the birth of the church, yes, and also the great resurrection of our Lord. And there appeared to them that day, clothed in tongues, it says, as of fire that sat upon each one of them. The fathers generally agree that the twelve received this special blessing of the presence of the tongues of fire over their heads, settling on them, as indicative of all the Jews, the people, the twelve tribes, being replaced by the twelve apostles, and standing in for all the people, that God would send the Holy Spirit upon us, that we would be baptized as the Lord had spoken just in the previous chapter of Acts, that they were to wait for this Holy Spirit to descend. They were baptized in fulfillment of that. And also, remember when, Ju when John baptized the Lord, he said that he would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so it was that day God fulfilled that promise. The cloven tongue sat upon them all, and it says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The presence of God's filling is a miraculous thing. In the Old Testament, it was a minimal thing. It had happened periodically upon certain people. 
But now God was filling the house and the apostles, the twelve, indicative of all the church, with the Holy Spirit in a marvelous way. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is what St. Sarah from the Syrah said is the goal of the Christian life. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is what we should desire. To have no place where the Holy Spirit is free and in control of our life. To work and do marvelous things through our lives. And thus it was that day, predicting what could happen to you and to I throughout the ages and through his church in general, God filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't by dribs and drabs when he filled. This is what God's desire is. Sin is the thing that pushes him out. Sin is the thing which takes the Holy Spirit and moves him out into the corners of your life. When God desires that he fill all of you. That day those that were gathered in unity were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says at that time, at that moment, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Such a great gift was bestowed that day. It says they spoke on this great day in other tongues. They spoke to men that were gathered from out the world. It's amazing to look at the passage and see where these places were. I, I looked them up on a map of the Old Testament and tried to find where these tribes were, and I read some of the fathers. But they came from all points of the compass, from as far away as over a thousand miles, from Rome, from Mesopotamia, from Egypt, from Cyrene, from Libya, all over, north, south, east, and west, people were gathered in all different languages, Jews and devout Gentiles that had been converted, that had come to Jerusalem and were dwelling out that day. These languages were given as a special gift to the holy apostles so that they could preach the wonderful works of God. During the festival season that went from Passover for the Jews to Pentecost, devout people would come from all over on pilgrimage and do time in Jerusalem. They dwell there. The idea being that they took long-term lodging up so they could experience the blessings of these two feasts and the time in between. Devout people probably many educated, more wealthy people, were gathered from out the entire world for this exact moment. And to fill this moment God's way, so that God could begin the great ministry of the gospel throughout the world, he sent this gift of other tongues to these apostles. Well, tongues were a gift that were given and the preaching occurred. The unity that had been broken at Babel when the man tried to build a tower and fortify himself against anything that might come without God, that unity that had been broken where before the language was won throughout the earth, that language unity was not restored, but what was restored was spiritual unity. God, looking at the most important thing, didn't break up the disunity, but he brought the disunity together through the apostles that day in the preaching of the gospel in many different languages. Subsequently, these men took that gospel throughout the known world and spread it in many different places. When they spoke, it says that they were filled, they began to speak with other languages, but it says something important. It says that they spake as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. God wants us to be directed by Him. He doesn't want us to take our own will and do our own thing, and do it when we want, and how we want. He wants us to do things his way, 
And he wants us to do it when he wants us to do it. So often I think we get in a lot of trouble as Christians when we start to act in our own will. And we go our own direction. And we forget what God's will is. In fact, sometimes we don't even seek it out. I'm like that, maybe you are too. It's impulse, not healthy. And we go off and do things that God doesn't want us to do, and which we later oftentimes regret. It's so sad. But when the Holy Spirit's working, we get utterance from Him. We speak, we do, we think like God wants us to. And we're well blessed when we do. That day, unity was restored to mankind, and the opportunity for unity in every soul came. When throughout the world, those who take that gospel out heard from the apostles' lips, speaking in their own language, the holy truths of the Lord, of his miracles, of his resurrection, of his death, of his burial, how he ascended into heaven, all these things the apostles discussed, and they were able to speak so that men could hear them. All of those places heard the gospel because of that day, that wondrous gift that was set out. Both Jews and converts from all nations, they scattered after this day, and they took the holy preaching. They took it because of that wonderful gift that was given. But my brothers and sisters, I have to warn you that today, it's a relatively recent phenomenon in Mass, I would guess you could say. There's many that are taking the gift of God, speaking in tongues, and they're taking it and perverting it. They're turning it into gibberish. And so it, is, it does as well to take a look at this passage, just think for a brief, a brief moment about what God did that day, what the gift of speaking in tongues really was. First, it was something that wasn't learned. In 1 Corinthians, Paul, Paul uses the word that's translated in the King James as unknown. What that means is it was unlearned. But they were real languages nonetheless. But they were not known to the speaker. God miraculously dumped into their brain the ability, or in their mouth, the ability to speak in tongues that they didn't learn. They never sat down and studied. I'm working on my Russian now with Duolingo. I'm afraid it's a lost cause. My brain's gotten too soft in old age. <laughs> but I'm learning that language. They never learned. Those tongues were unknown to them. And God gave them utterance miraculously. Secondly, all present realized that it was a gift of God. People weren't scratching their heads at the end of the day saying, where did this come from? Because they knew they were unlearned men. They barely knew Greek if they were lucky. And yet they were speaking in all those marvelous languages. We could go through the list, but we won't mess with it. But it's Mesopotamia and Egypt and Rome and all over the world. They were speaking languages that people understood. And those people understood that those gifts were given to those men to preach that day. Not for any self-aggrandizement. Not to draw attention to themselves. Not to puff themselves up but to help edify people. Thirdly, those languages were a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, speaking only what God gave utterance to, for languages were given, and also the message was given. When God gives a gift, He completes it. He doesn't allow it to be partially used and partially destroyed by man, if we're open to Him. And so it was, the speakers were tools in the hands of the living God that day, that first Pentecost. They weren't speaking on their own utterance, but they were speaking what God gave them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, the gift was speaking and it was given for a special purpose to reveal a new era, 
when Jesus Christ was extending his arms to all of mankind. Throughout the known world, these men would go and preach. And so it was that this gift was special. It was given so that Jesus Christ's gospel could be taken throughout the world. I think something else that adds on to this, not directly from the passage, but as we look at other places, we see that after Pentecost, the apostles were not preoccupied with the gift of tongues. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, in writing 1 Corinthians 13, the great chapter of love, said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and I have not love of nothing. He took the gift of tongues, and he depressed it, and he elevated the things that really mattered, the eternal gifts that would last and that would endure, and love being the greatest of them. And lastly, after this gift was fulfilled, its mission to touch all of humanity was fulfilled. And after the apostolic era, this gift became very, very, very rare. But today we have millions, perhaps, of people that claim to be following the apostolic gift of speaking in tongues. They're speaking gibberish. They're speaking to draw away people from the Holy Church of God and from the unity of this in Christ that God desires and to put them into all these different sects and religions that follow after a man and man's pride. It's like Babel all over again. Taking what God designed and turning it upside down into something that man directs, that man desires and by his will can obtain, and something that perverts and becomes a counterfeit of God's real gift. The devil is very crafty. He takes things that God put out for our use, and for our edification, and for his glory, and for unifying the body of Christ. And he tries to seed discontent in our hearts, he tries to see pride in our hearts and he tries to get us to take the gifts of God and corrupt them. And so do we move us from the faith and from the true church. Don't forget, the gift of Pentecost is the gift of the church. And so if God wants us in the church, the devil wants you out. He wants you following some leader somewhere that says you can speak in tongues and unless you do, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't have any of God's grace unless you can prove it by speaking in tongues. There's nowhere in the Holy Scripture and nowhere in the history of the church where such commands are given. But man takes the things of God and turns them upside down with full cooperation and support of Satan, the evil one, the liar, the deceiver. And so it was. The great day of Pentecost today has been polluted. And when people celebrate Pentecost, if they're doing it in any of these Pentecostal or churches that are charismatic and have the quote-unquote gifts of the Holy Spirit, they do so as counterfeits, liars, evil men, workers of concision, as it says in the scripture, division. And so I warn you today, and so we get a little bit of thought today, that the gift of God that comes is purely of God. It's of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's not something you earn. It's not something you can call down from heaven. It's something that God gives as he will. And God gives us all gifts, as it says in the letter of 1 Corinthians, where it speaks about speaking in tongues also, and to denigrate some, as I've just mentioned. He speaks about the things that God's given. He's given apostles, he's given teachers, he's given gifts of mercy, healers, helpers, and so on and so forth. We all have gifts, but we're all not going to speak in tongues, and Paul himself said that. But today there's some that say that all will speak in tongues. Well, choose God and the Holy Spirit, or choose the will of man. And so God warns us today, that this gift was a special gift. It came into the world for a great purpose. 
It achieved great things. And as the beginning of the Holy Spirit's descent was upon the apostles and they were baptized with fire, so are we baptized in the Holy Spirit at our baptism. And so we maintain God's grace and grow it by our love and our faith for the Lord. His presence is with us. It's in our midst. He's preserved the Holy Church for 2,000 years. He can preserve you. And he does so in obedience to him and is to his will. And when we move in the Holy Spirit as God gives utterance, as God gives action. And so it is that today we would think as we close that God has designed you to receive his Holy Spirit. He wants you to operate in the power and the will and the love of God in the Holy Spirit. Don't settle for a counterfeit. Don't be confused. Tell your friends that are confused that they're confused in love. And lead them to the place where God's holy church is, where the Holy Spirit descended 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, so that they can receive the full blessing of God and not the counterfeit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can listen to more sermons and learn more about us by visiting our website at orthodoxmain.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God be with you.